So this podcast is all about how the home is or can be protected in the event someone goes into a nursing home. Okay, so we're going to break this down into three different parts. The first part is going to be the definition of a home. The second part is the Medicaid rules on when someone is permitted to transfer their home without a penalty. And then the third component is um, Louisiana's estate recovery rights um, after somebody who does own a home passes away. All right, so the big picture here is when a person goes into a nursing home, they likely have some exempt assets and some countable resources. Um, exempt assets are when someone applies for, for Louisiana's long-term care Medicaid program and they're in a nursing home. The exempt assets are the ones that you're not prevented from qualifying for Medicaid because you own those assets. Typical exempt assets include a home and a car. Countable assets are, are the things that because you own them, you are not eligible for Medicaid. The res end result being you have to consume those assets, spend them or sell them and spend them until if you're a single person, you spend those assets down to less than $2,000. So the determination of whether something is a countable resource or an exempt asset is really critical when determining, determining whether someone who is going into a nursing home will qualify for Medicaid. So since the home and since most people own a home um, and it's typically or sometimes their, their biggest asset, I want to focus in on that for a little bit and talk about you know, how all that goes. So part one of this podcast is just what's, what's the definition of a home? So, you know, everybody has, has different pieces of land and different properties or buildings. So let's jump right into it. There is a Louisiana long-term care Medicaid manual definition of the home property. And it's defined as property in which he or she has an ownership interest and that serves as his or her principal place of business. Home property includes the house or lot, which is the usual residence, all contiguous property, and any other buildings on the home property. So then it goes in and defines what does contiguous property mean? You know, and this is when the home is on a lot and maybe the, um, the homeowner also owns the lot next door or a lot that is attached or contiguous to the home lot. So that contiguous property is also included as part of the home. The manual says property is contiguous to the residence if it is touching the residential property, even corner to corner, and is not separated by property owned by others. One more sentence, property separated by a public right-of-way, such as a road, is considered contiguous. So if they own the home and then there's a road and then there's another piece of property or a lot, that piece of property on the other side of the road is considered contiguous. It would all be part of the home property. Probably worth mentioning that in another area of the Medicaid manual in some of the estate recovery definitions, which I'll talk about in part three of this podcast, 
it does say that they, they define the word homestead and they define it as a tract of land or two or more tracts of land with a residence on one tract and a field pasture or garden on the other tracks or track or tracks not exceeding 160 acres. So that's that's a lot of property. So they're saying it's um, the homestead, if that's the same definition for home property, can be up to 160 acres. Okay, so there's your kind of definition of the home property. Um, next, I want to get into uh, just touch on the fact that that uh, out of state property is generally not exempt. So if there's a person, they live in Louisiana, they're applying for Medicaid in Louisiana, but they own a home in Florida, that, that home in Florida is not going to be exempt. They're going to have to you know, sell it and uh, use those funds to pay for the nursing home. Okay, um, next thing I want to get into is there is a home equity limit so most people who go into a nursing home, uh, you know, they don't have much in resources and their home is typically not that valuable. And this number changes every year. And for 2018, the home equity limit was 500 or is $572,000. So if someone has equity in their home, you know, it's, it's all paid off or maybe they own a very valuable home and there's a small mortgage on it. If the equity that they own in it is worth more than $572,000, that excess equity is going to cause a problem. So that's, you know, that's something that's going to have to be dealt with. Okay, so that's part one, the, the definition of the home. You know, the next thing that I want to get into is the, when it's, when a home is, is permitted to be transferred. So there's some exceptions um, really what I'm getting at is if somebody transfers an asset um, to someone else, for example, they, uh, Medicaid calls that an uncompensated transfer. Medicaid doesn't let you just put your assets in other people's names right before you go into a nursing home and expect to qualify for Medicaid. Um, you'll hear me talk about the you know, five-year penalty period, how someone, if they make transfers or uncompensated transfers, they're going to be ineligible in for Medicaid for um, typically five years, could be more or less, depending upon other factors. But Medicaid says that in certain circumstances, someone can transfer their home without being subject to a penalty period. So let's go through what some of those exceptions to the application of the transfer of asset penalties. So here's a situation where somebody's going into a nursing home, they have a home. Um, here's situations where they can transfer it and not have to wait five years to qualify for Medicaid. So the first one says, if the asset transferred is the individual's home and title to the home is transferred to the individual spouse. Well, that makes sense because spouses are permitted to make transfers to each other without any kind of penalty period. Um, there's no real advantage to that because they look at the married couple's combined assets anyway, regardless of who owns it. But there's some other exceptions. If the homeowner transfers their home to, a, and we don't see this much because most of the people who go into a nursing home, they're in their 70s, their children are in their 40s or 50s. 
but there is an exception for the transfer penalties if a homeowner transfers their home to a child who is under age 21 or they're blind or permanently and totally disabled as defined by SSI at the time of the transfer. That one can uh, come up a little bit. So um, if you have a child who's blind or permanently and totally disabled as defined by SSI at the time of the transfer, that's a permitted transfer without a penalty. And why is it important to transfer a home out of your name if it's exempt? Well, because of part three, which I'll talk about in a little bit, because the, if you own your home uh, when you pass away and you've used Medicaid funds, Medicaid has estate recovery rights. So if you've transferred that home before, uh, uh, before you die, then those estate recovery, estate recovery rights don't exist. Here's another exception. So the individual or the homeowner um, is not penalized if they transfer their home to a sibling who, number one, has an equity interest in the home, and number two, who was residing in the home for a period of at least one year immediately before the date the individual became institutionalized. So this, you know, we see this sometimes when, you know, four siblings have inherited their parents' home. And so each sibling owns a 25% interest in the home. And let's say one of the siblings is living in the home and another sibling goes into the nursing home. Well, that other sibling who goes into the nursing home can transfer their 25% interest to the sibling who's who has been residing in the home for at least a year. And that transfer doesn't trigger any of the penalty provisions. And then there's, uh, there's one more exception and we, um, we do use this um, occasionally when the circumstances warrant it. A homeowner is permitted without penalty to transfer their home to their child who is four things. Number one, age 21 or over. Not too tough to meet that one. Number two is not blind or permanently and totally disabled. Again, pretty easy to meet that one. Here's where it gets a little sticky. Child's uh, 21 or over, they're not blind or permanently and totally disabled. The number three component of this one is the child was residing in the home for at least two years immediately before the date the individual became institutionalized. So child was living you know, with parent in the parent's home for two years or at least two years before the parent became institutionalized. And then the last requirement and uh, the child provided care to the individual, let's call it the parent, <coughs> allowing the individual to reside at home rather than an institution. So what all that means, a parent can transfer their home to a child if uh, the child lived in the home with the parent for at least two years before the parent went into a nursing home and they provided care to the parent that allowed the parent to, to stay at home rather than go into an institution. So I guess the, the government is trying to encourage children to move in with their parents and take care of the parents I guess the state wants to reward that family for not having to use the Medicaid funds in a nursing home. 
A real important note um, to this exception. So you have to get some uh, phys a physician written statement. So it says that that exception that I just referred to must be documented by written statement from a physician indicating his or her knowledge that during the preceding two years, the individual's child was present in the home as the primary caregiver, and if not for the care provided by the child, the individual would have required care in an institution. So you have to get a doctor to sign some statement. We've done this before um, when the circumstances warrant it. Doctor signs a statement that says during the last two years, the child's presence in the home as the primary caregiver um, kept the parent out of the nursing home. So, you know, doesn't this, this, these rules don't cover every situation, but if it does cover your situation, it can really help a family, you know, maybe save a home that might be worth two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. So really important to know that. I, I kind of wish everybody would know these things before they come in and talk to me about what some of the rules are so I don't have to, you know, keep repeating that. Okay, so that's part two. Part one was the definition of the home. Um, what's exempt, you know, contiguous property, um, value limitations, not out-of-state property. You can go back and listen to that. And then um, the we talked about the permitted transfers of a home, and I just went through that. Now part three is surprises some people, but we have what's called estate recovery. So this is why it's important to take advantage of some of those transfer rules to get it out of the parent's name. Because if a parent owns their home, they go into a nursing home, the home is exempt, they qualify for Medicaid after they've consumed all of their countable resources, they, Medicaid starts paying for the nursing home, and then um, at some later date, the Medicaid recipient passes away. Well, our estate recovery rules provide that the state of Louisiana can pursue um, and get reimbursed from the homeowner's estate for all of those costs that it paid for the homeowner in the nursing home. So it's a bummer, but it's, it's the rule. And there's a definition of what, of what they can pursue or a definition of the estate and our estate recovery rules in the Medicaid eligibility manual. So the definition of an estate is the gross estate of the deceased as determined by Louisiana succession law. So that's one part of it. So if someone, you know, married couples with one spouse still in the community can have more than $2,000, they can have over $120,000. So if if one of those assets that the community spouse kept was an IRA, well, that's not an asset of the deceased as determined by Louisiana succession law. That's a non-probate asset. The, the Medicaid purportedly would not have the right to get reimbursement from an IRA, for example, that was payable to a designated beneficiary, not the estate, 
because it's not an asset of, of Louisiana succession law. But a, but a home is, a, uh, is an asset of the gross estate as determined by Louisiana succession law. So the home is really the primary estate recovery asset. But then the definition of estate goes on, and I already said it, 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 it includes the gross estate of the deceased as determined by Louisiana second succession law, and any interest in any property, whether movable or immovable, corporeal or incorporeal, that the recipient had 36 months prior to his death. I've never seen an application of that, but it's in the definition, so I wanted to point it out. So there you go. Um, real important to understand these home property rules. Um, what I didn't get into in this podcast and what I'll get into in future podcasts and future recordings are what are some of the th other things that you can do to protect the home, um, particularly when you're planning in advance, you know, ideally at least five years before going to a nursing home. The rules I went over in this podcast really focused on somebody's about to go into the nursing home and they're realizing they're, they put, potentially will lose their home. Maybe not now, but maybe later. And so what kinds of things can be done really perhaps at the last minute to preserve the value of that home for the heirs, children, loved ones, um, you know, whatever the case may be. So hope that helps. Um, you can get a lot more information either on other podcast episodes um, on this podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais. You can check out uh, my YouTube channel, hundreds of videos there, Rabelais Estate Planning, LLC. You can go to our website, rabelaisestateplanning.com, get lots of information there, updated regularly. And um, you can even, you know, if you have, uh, um, you know, serious interest in protecting what you have, you can contact our office, 866-491-3884, and uh, set up a time perhaps for us to chat about, you know, what options you have to protect what you have. So that's it. Hope that helps. Real important here on the protecting assets from nursing home angle, gotta plan ahead, gotta plan early. Um, they keep making it harder and harder to protect what you have and qualify for Medicaid. So real important that you do the planning while you're healthy. Too many people say, I wish we would have done this many years ago. Don't be those people. Have a great day. Hope this helps. See ya.